2: Blog Talk Radio The The Welcome to The Dante Show
1: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Dante Show, the first one of 2019. Can you believe it? I have not done a show in about a month and a half, almost two months, but I'm glad to be back. I've missed you guys. I've missed doing this, and I miss having conversations. So here we go back in the saddle again. We're going to kick off 2019 with a phenomenal conversation about black culture and why it is so important, all right? We're going to make this happen. We're going to make this pop. So if this is your first time listening to Dante's show, you are in for a treat. So buckle up and get ready. So here's how this all works. If you listen online, you can also go to my Facebook page. Just go to Facebook, type in Dante Morrison. D-O-N-T-A. Last name Morrison. And you can join the conversation on the live chat that goes online with the show. All right. You can make that happen. It's all possible. It's all good. And it's all up to you. Invite your friends. Tell them to tune in. They don't want to miss it, because we're going to drop some logic tonight that I think everybody's going to benefit from. It's going to excite us all. Okay? And if you're listening on and if you're listening and you are on Facebook, let's get that Facebook conversation going. At your comments, at your memes. Is it mem or is it meme? At your gifts, you know, at your language, at your questions, at your posts, at your commentary, and let's all create that family unit like we've had for the last four years. I'm excited. I'm amped. Let's do this. But before we go any further, big shout out to Dr. Martin Luther King Junior. Today would have been your ninetieth birthday. Civil rights leader, game changer. Just role model inspiration to so many people. So happy 90th birthday to Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. We applaud you. We appreciate you. We celebrate you um, on today. Um, you know, it's just, it's just good to just be able to reflect on all that we've overcome as black people, first of all. We've overcome where we're at now, what we got going on, what we doing. I mean, we've, we've, we've crossed some bridges. We've crossed a lot of bridges. we still got a lot more, I mean, a lot more to go. We've crossed some some main ones. But I will say this. So today, you know, I attended the parade, the King Day Parade that happens every year in L.A., you know, right by my house. I attended it, and I must say that I'm missing, you know, the high school bands and drill teams that really just made it happen. You know, there was none out there today, but some people were saying it's because the teachers in L.A. are on strike, you know. So they're on strike, so... That was the reason why a lot of the kids weren't able to walk in the parade or whatever. But I must disagree with that. I've been to the parade for the last two or three,
0: four years
1: and have not seen Locke High School, Banning High School, you know, the Washington Generals. I haven't seen it out there. And I think a lot of it got to do with the fact that they pulled arts and music from our schools. Those are some of the core classes that these kids need to keep them engaged. You know, I think it's important to keep arts in school, and I do believe that we all can agree that arts, and, and music and band, all that played an important part in our high school lives. We look back on high school and we like, yo, the band was popping. If your band was popping, it made the school the school season a lot better. For me it did. So we gotta get them schools back. We got to get arts and music back into the schools like never before. All right. And then here we go. The government shut down. The longest in US history, thirty one days to have cost the American economy almost as much as the $5.7 billion that the president wants or has demanded for this southern border wall, all right? So basically in 31 days, in 31 days, this shutdown has cost almost just as much money as he's been asking to build this wall. So he's holding the nation hostage for a walk. All right, and I thought we didn't negotiate with terrorists because right now this seems like terrorist activity. Give me what I want or you get nothing. That's, That's what it feels like to me. And then why are we solely focused on Mexico? You know, will a wall really reduce drugs being entered into Mexico? Every movie I have seen, documentary or otherwise, have shown drugs entering this country through tunnels and either flying over and stuff getting dropped down to land. I've never seen nobody just walking right on through with a backpack full of drugs. I haven't seen that. It's always some covert way to get to this country. So this $5 billion wall, I'm not sure what kind of difference it's going to make. But here we go. Tomorrow's a new day. We shall see what happens. But on the flip side of that, you know, Kamala Harris is running for president. She announced it. She's going to run in 2020. Will she win? I don't know. Will she have the popular vote? I don't know. Um. I don't know how people feel about this one. I mean, Kamala is a beast. I love her. I think, I think she's gangster and savage. But is she ready to be president of this country? I mean, that will be determined. We will see. And then we have Gladys Knight, one of my favorite singers in the entire world, you know, is going to sing the national anthem at the upcoming Super Bowl. Now, of course, the black community is all in their feelings about her decision, and I'm a bit confused by that, you know, because last I thought we weren't even watching football, Cricket. Yeah, to my understanding, we were not supposed to watch football at all. We were supposed to stand behind Colin, you know, and to take a knee movement for as long as it, it took, and we're not mad that Gladys going to see the National Anthem, but how many of y'all are going to watch her see the National Anthem before you watch the game? So come on, folks, you know, if we're going to be mad at Gladys, be mad at ourselves as well. So don't be coming for mama if you're not going to hold your own and keep keep the stuff you said you weren't going to do to to the point as well. All right, we got that? And then the WTF moment, all right, peep this: Covington Catholic High School, all right, Covington Catholic High School, you know, trip this, they had a game, they had a basketball game, and some of the students wore blackface, all right, no lie. Some of the students put on full-body black paint, you know, to antagonize the opposing team of black students. Covington High School, Covington Catholic High School, white students put on black face to antagonize the black players from the opposing school, all right? Covington High School is also the school where the young kids that taunted the um, Native American elder um, last week, you know, during during their, their ceremony in D.C. So Covington Catholic High School, you're on the WTF list because I'm not sure what you guys are teaching What form of Catholicism you're following? You know, I'm not certain what's going on in Covington, but clearly, clearly it is run by the Trump Foundation, all right? We can say that and we can stand true to that because it makes no sense that black students are being taunted. By white students in white face at a basketball game. And that's just going unnoticed and it's not making mass media news. All right. That whole school should be shut down and those kids should be, I don't want to say incarcerated, but there should be some kind of sensitivity training that's going on. But it makes no sense whatsoever. All right. All right. So I see that my boy, Kyrie Lyrical Black Sonaj, has joined the conversation on Facebook. You know, Kyrie Lyrical Black Sonaj, you know, I don't know what name he's going to be tomorrow. Maybe he'll be a symbol on tomorrow. Facebook allows symbols. You know, he'll be a symbol by the end of the week. We're going to figure out how how we're going to make that happen because he's always getting um, a new name after Facebook shuts him down for his outspoken um, verbiage. But we are love an outspoken individual. We love it, and we love Kyrie Sinaj. But, yeah, he'll be a new name next week. So just hold fast to that, all right? So how many know that, that black culture is extremely important within the black community, extremely? And, and preserve, preserving that culture is necessary. How we preserve it is basically up to us. And, and I say that because this tonight's topic um, bringing back to, I think, a month and a half ago, I took the youth from my church, um, along with some other leaders in the church. We went to the African-American Museum you know, at Exhibition Park. And to see those kids, you know, just, just see a lot of African-American art, uh, a lot of work being done by African-American artists, it was phenomenal. Because I don't want to say that we're losing the, the up-and-coming generation, but I think that they are being bombarded with so much noise so many distractions that they can't really focus on who they are in depth. You know, a lot of it is just surface. A lot of things that they're being exposed to just gives them a surface idea of who they are without really going deeper into all that we've been through, all that we've experienced, and who they're created to be. And I think we need to make sure that we preserve our culture, preserve our history the right way, the proper way, so that the next generation will have a chance. And in doing that, we're going to have a conversation with about that on tonight, and my guest is a woman who's become a really good friend, you know, really good friend, Deitra Harris. Um, she's the founder of, of Feed Worldwide, and she's going to talk about that. She's going to discuss what she's been doing, why this topic is so important, and, and how we can really get involved. All right, so y'all down with that? So Dante Show listeners, help me welcome to the show for her very first time, the phenomenal Deitra Harris. Deitra, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you for having me. I'm so excited.
1: I am glad to have you. I am glad to have you. So you you this is your first time on the Dante show. So you after this it you are no longer a virgin. No longer virgin. <laughs> and and when you come back next time it's like, hey, you just get in the rhythm and jump with it. <laughs> I'll take that. That's how we do here. <laughs> so did you know, let the folks let the folks know who you are. I mean, you know, feel free to share as, as much as comfortable and then and then after that let them know why this is an important topic for you,
0: okay, so who am I, and I will preface this by saying that I actually teach identity, so um let me let me break this down into parts, so parts so that it will forever be broke. You know what movie that comes from? The thing? Um, no what movie that comes from oh. Uh, I didn't know that. Love Jones. No. Let me break it down for Love you, the- word. So it. Can oh. Be- <laughs> yeah.
2: All
1: right.
0: Well, let me, me light, you,
2: light,
1: you, light, let you me light a cigar. This is your spoken word. There you go.
0: <laughs> so, um, intrinsically, who am I? Um, I'm black, dynamic, creative, innovative, loyal, sincere. Um. Who am I in in regards to what I do? Um, I'm an entrepreneur, founder and CEO of Feed Worldwide, and I'm a lifelong learner. And who am I in terms of my purpose here on earth? Um, I, I want to cultivate a climate that encourages truth in one's identity And also inspire young people to take the path that leads them to their creative freedom. So that's who I am. And um, Black culture is important um, because it's it's who we are. Um, We've contributed so much that is um, unknown, especially to our youth, which could as you stated earlier, really help them identify who they are and where they come from so as as much as we can as we continue to unravel our um, our beauty and our um, um, our contributions that we've made not only to this country but to the world then we we should share that. It's our duty um to enlighten our youth as well as you know everybody else so um black culture to me is everything
1: i love that i love it that's what i'm talking about people need to learn how to how to how to pitch themselves and you did it so eloquently (laughs) and it it was beautiful you know most folks don't know how to When you ask them you know who are you what are you about uh i'm black (laughs) <laughs> you know, right. they don't but you, you did it so it I loved it I love it it was really inspiring and, and I hope that those who are listening understand the importance of knowing how to do that in a way that it is received right. and clear you know just just clear yeah so so what are your yeah. thoughts what are your thoughts on the current state of black entertainment you know primarily television and film
0: I'm really excited um I'm excited although there's still a whole lot of work to do, um, we have some brilliant talent and voices that are creating dynamics and entertaining um, television and film projects. And um, I'm just excited about um, how entertainment is, is finally opening up to who we are and our stories and, um, you know, thanks to movies like Black Panther, um, now, you know, uh, Hollywood is aware of what we've already been aware of for many, many years, and that is our stories do matter. People do want to see us and and um, experience our world. So um, right now, I, I'm, I, I tell you, I'm really, really excited about um, the path that we're on.
1: I love that. I love that. And then to add to that, you know, reality TV has definitely created a shift in the paradigm. Now, now, how do you think that has influenced viewers? Cuz you got you got, um, you got you got you got Black Panther on one end and then you got Bad Girls Club and Love and Hip Hop <laughs> on the other end. You know how you know how do you think that has influenced viewers when it comes to just their experience with media and and portrayal of of the African-American spirit.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what we, we can't appropriate our own culture. You know, we can't pick out the good and just leave the bad behind either. I I'm, I, I'm not a fan of a lot of reality TV at all, but I do respect and appreciate that other people find it entertaining. You know what I mean? Um, although I don't like the imagery and some of the things that come out of it, but you know, that's entertainment, you know? So, um, I, I tell you one thing that I do appreciate about um reality T V is that especially black women have taken that and flipped it and have created businesses and, you know, have put back into their community and um, has, have really uplifted their family. So the positive nature of that is um, that we are creating businesses, becoming entrepreneurs, and all of that. Um, I do hope and wish that we um, would would balance the representation a bit more. But, again, we're not monolithic, and we do have some of those people in the culture, you know. So... Um, I I'll take right. it, you know, as it is building businesses and, and putting money back in the community. So, you know, we gotta take a little bit of the the bad with the good, I suppose.
1: And I and I think that was a great segue, um, into the next question. You talked about basically how, you know, the reality T V, you know, you know, the ratchetry. You know, we all look at it mm-hmm. every now and then and chuckle and get a lot of our lingo from it, you know, but a lot of those women, once they get through flipping tables and breaking bottles and whatnot, they actually are sowing back, you know, into the community in ways that a lot of us don't know about, you know, through mm-hmm. the philanthropic efforts that that they're not broadcasting, you know, that they're not advertising. But some some of them are really helping to bring about change, you know, and in saying mm-hmm. that, you know, we have our we have our independent filmmakers who are truly breaking ground. You know, those mm-hmm. I mean, we look at Issa Rae, Issa Rae started out on YouTube and now she's mm-hmm. just this, she's becoming this, this media giant that we never saw coming. You know, but when it comes to the independent filmmaker and all that, what are the pros and cons of staying independent?
0: So, I also teach this um within my organization so i i'm I'm a history buff. I study history, not only black culture but you know history of the world and the u s and all of that and When I decided to go into filmmaking, I also studied uh the history of hollywood and um a lot of people may not know you know Hollywood started off as a cartel, you know, and you know Thomas Edison had a patent on the film and he basically handpicked who he wanted um, to have access to that that film. And, um, you know, then after that, the Jewish came in and took it over, again, only allowing people in that they wanted to, uh, you know, let in and, you know, say what you want. But that's, that's what a cartel is, right? And so Hollywood mm-hmm. is still based on that concept, right? started off with the the big eight, the big six, now we have eight, and maybe back down to six, but you know, we fluctuate between six and eight big companies in Hollywood. And so independence is key to our survival in that system. So um there's only so much that a Hollywood is gonna allow in to that system, that framework. So independent filmmakers are essential. You know, people like Spike Lee, you know, Melvin Van Peeples, who was one of the first black um, independent filmmakers um, during our time anyway. Um, But, you know, that mindset, we need to continue to cultivate that and um, nourish that. So independent filmmaking is vital to our existence. Um, it's, it's tough, it's very tough, um, and uh, I'll say now with technology and platforms, I know we'll probably get into that too, um, that it's easier to create and produce um, now, but I'm going to tell you the avenue that we really have to, to look at and take stock in and, and figure out a way to break that barrier is the distribution end. So um, you you can be an independent filmmaker, um, you know, and writing and creating and producing your work. But when it comes to distribution, we own, you know, those channels to really be able to see a profit um, within the business. But, you know, we, we, we are making headway. And, you know, you take a film like, Black Panther who that's made billions of dollars um and you know Ryan Coogler the director of course they they've done well financially but the lion's share of the profit of that film goes back into that Hollywood system you know so it's still not um benefiting the creative minds that that um essentially you know put that project together so um, hopefully, we'll have more independent filmmakers who are um, tackling how to to do major budgets in that independent space, so that we can see the lion's share of the profit coming back to us after distribution, of and course.
1: This, and listening to you to you speak, there's there's. I mean, I was just trying to figure out how to ask this question because it's not one that I gave you. Do you think that? You know, from based upon how you said from independent to distribution to to those whole different layers of just getting your work out, is it safe to say that, that Tyler Perry Perry is one of the best that we have when it comes to just following that train to the to the ultimate level of having his own?
0: Uh, I would I would think so, yeah. Tyler Perry to me is a master in marketing. Like, I I I um you know, I'm I'm a movie snub, snob <laughs> in the sense I, I'm very I have a very eclectic taste in movies so I mean I don't I don't necessarily um, like his film but as a marketing um, as a marketing guy I mean he he just he he's on top of it he he knows his target market he doesn't care about the outliers you know what I mean he markets to his audience and he knows where his sweet spot is and he, he's rolled with it you know so um, in that sense I think he's brilliant um, and I know you know he's he's put a lot of people to work and um, yeah I, I think he, he definitely has made an a impact on, um, on independent filmmakers in terms of um, our culture anyway okay Awesome, awesome. So, so
1: you are an independent filmmaker, you know. Period, point Mm -hmm. blank. I mean, that's what you are, you know. Mm -hmm. And you did you did a short film entitled "What About Us," which focuses on Mm -hmm. child abduction, and it it even has Jasmine Guy in it. You know, everybody loves Jasmine Guy. You know, and it's great to see her not being Whitley. You know, I love when when we get to see actors who are known one way; they get to shine a different light. I think that's that's great, Mm -hmm. but it was such a you know and when i watched it i was like wow this is this is a different spin on what we're used to when we see films about um child abduction especially african american children you know so mm-hmm. what made you tackle that subject
0: um for me i as a writer i try to tell stories in a different way you know that saying that there's no new story under the sun um so right. um I think it storytelling is the way that you tell a story, how you write it, but you know with film it's also visually um what what that story looks like and so um at the time I had read certain uh, several articles about um missing children um I had become friends with one of the founders for black and missing black and missing, um, organization. And so, um, I wanted to kind of take that story and flip it on its head because, you know, this country is not just racist, but we have a, um, class issue in this country. So, um, the story is really about if you have money, even if you're black. So in my story, it's a black athlete um you know you you're moved to the top of the the food chain in terms of resources and and then you know if you even if you're white but you don't have money or if you're you know um hispanic and don't have money you know it 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 shifts where you um are in that paradigm so i wanted to to flip that on top of its head and um show that you know, money can trump all when it comes to certain things in this society. So um, that's that's how I came up with the storyline there.
1: And how, how was it received?
0: Oh, it was received very well. Um, it did um, very well on the um, film festival circuit. I actually received mm-hmm. a... New York City uh, citation for uh Best Community Stories. Um okay. and it, it won several um festivals um throughout that time. So it was very well received. And, and people that. were pleased Love to see that. Jasmine in a different light, yeah.
1: Right,
0: right, right. And like
1: like I said, it was it was such a different spin on it that at the end of it I had to think and be like, wow, I've never seen it like that, and you did, you, you're You, you correct. We do have a class issue in this country. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. outside of us being extremely racist <laughs> in America, there is yeah. a lot of classism that, that takes place, you know, that is often overlooked and not properly shared. So I, I mm-hmm. commend you for tackling it from that lens. And if anyone wants to check out – what about us? You know, uh, it was just shared on my Facebook page. Go to my Facebook page and just scroll on down. You'll see the link that goes right to it. Or you can go to Ditra's YouTube page, um, and you'll find all of her works on there as well. And speaking of mm-hmm. your works, I can't go by what I'm talking about addicted. Addicted was hilarious. <laughs> um, just h- hilarious. I mean, it was a hilarious take on... On the struggle of black women, I'll put it that way: <laughs> the struggle <laughs> and challenges of just being a black woman. And um, mm-hmm. it was—I mean, no words, no—it no, was all music. And when you're watching it, <laughs> literally, you're gonna watch it, and you're gonna think one thing. And the last minute of it, you're like, "Oh!" And you just fall out laughing, <laughs> like the struggle is real for my sisters. The struggle is real. So, um, what what inspires you to only, do a different?
0: Yeah, not only sisters. There are white women in there as well. So, but it's a one. It's a woman's true, issue. True, touche. But yeah, it's a woman's yeah. issue.
1: Um, and it was it, was it was it seven minutes long?
0: Uh, yeah, around there. Yep.
1: Yeah, around seven minutes long. Yep. It's it's a quick watch. So it's a quick watch. Yeah, you can, you can literally watch it right now while we're on the show. But I'm just saying. So, talk about that one, Nietzsche. Talk about that one for a minute.
0: Yeah. So visually, actually, uh, a parody of um, Do the Right Thing. I don't know if you caught that, but the scene, the opening scene, actually, I took that directly from Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing with Wesley Snipes when he was looking for um, uh, his brother, uh, Samuel Jackson. I can't remember his name um, in the what movie. jungle anyway. fever.
1: A jungle fever.
0: So, ah, jungle fever. You're uh, talking jungle about fever. Gator. Yeah, Gator. Gator, yeah, Gator, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and so actually, I, yeah, yeah. Initially, I, I initially had named the piece Taj Mahal. Remember the Taj Mahal okay. in that movie? Yeah. Uh-huh. Do you get it now?
1: I get it Do now. You, re- you know I what I'm talking about? I you go going Okay. With. I know what you're talking so, about. Yes, so so now, I see, <laughs> now I see Halle Berry. <laughs> yes, yes,
0: yes. So the, the Set and addicted is uh, a, a parody of Taj Mahal. That whole scene, that whole thing in uh, Jungle Fever. But I wrote it because um, I was actually sitting in the salon. Um, should I say how, why? Because it may give it away. Well, you know
1: what I mean. I don't know. What to give, a, give it away. All right, folks. Look, just just look at it. I'm gonna say it that way. I'm say it that way. Just just look at <laughs> it because I want you to give it away. But ladies. Like my sisters specifically, <laughs> check out, check it out, you know, check out "Addicted," and, and you're gonna understand what, what we're all talking about. You know, what we're yeah, talking about. Yeah. Trust me, trust me on that one. And, trust me and on drop, that line, way. drop a comment
0: on the on the Facebook page and let me know how you liked it.
1: <laughs> right, and encourage, and encourage others to to watch watch it as well. You know, I mean, because yeah. it, it won awards, right?
0: It did. It did. It won some Phil festival awards. Okay.
1: Come on, yeah. and toot your horn! Don't it, be shy. It, it, oh, no. it
0: always got a, a, a thunderous laugh. It was quiet until that last uh, minute and a half. Yeah, so
1: right, <laughs> definitely, definitely. And then you know, speaking of YouTube, you know, YouTube and other you know video and media sharing platforms is providing a lot of Black millennials, you know, an opportunity to showcase their work. You know, you know, you know, Blacks. We're we're talented. We're creative. You know, and sometimes we don't have the, the outlet, you know, to really showcase what we're doing. But now thanks to YouTube, I mean, even Netflix and Amazon Prime are allowing a lot of um, creatives to really get their work out there. You know, so what are your what are your thoughts on that, and what advice would you give them? Being someone who's done, done the YouTube route, you know, done the festival route, what advice would you give to some up-and-coming, you know, millennials that really want to just break through that wall and let folks see what they got?
0: yeah and i have a niece right now in her 20s that uh is a filmmaker and and look content is king it's it's continue to to create you know and um i i think the online platforms are amazing i love netflix i actually watch netflix more than i do tv um i'm i'm not a really huge a huge tv watcher but um so i love it because it gives it gives creatives opportunities to tell their stories because you're going to see a lot of stuff on those platforms that you would not see on network TV or even some cable networks. So um, Mm -hmm. I I love it. I think it's opening up the the industry. Um, As you see, Netflix I think has been nominated now for Golden Globes and Oscars. So, you know, quality is there. Um, so I say to any creative, whether it's film or art or music or whatever, you know, content is everything. Continue to, you know, plug at it, you know, and get your work out there. That's it. By any means necessary. And I
1: think, yeah, and I think folks need to also realize, you know, there there is a lot of stuff that we still have not seen, you know. so So mm-hmm. everything has mm-hmm. not been done. You know, there are, some, right. there are some ideas that people have that they're just kind of sitting on, thinking that, well, nobody's going to like it, yada, yada, yada. But are you doing it for, for likes or doing it for yourself? And I think that's right. the biggest hurdle that people have to get over, you know, because we yeah. created such this, this social idea that unless it goes viral or unless it gets, you know, a 200 million likes, that no one really got it. That's not the case. Right. You know, just put it yeah. out there, and you'll be amazed at, at who the – all you need is that one right person to see it. Yeah, you can get a million likes true. by folks who are totally irrelevant, <laughs> you know, but then you yeah. get that one Steven Spielberg like, and it's a wrap. You're good.
0: Yeah. And then, you know, it sounds corny, but you really do have to define success for yourself um, for me, every time Bingo. I finish a script or, you know what I mean, it's it's that success for me because, it, you know, especially, you know, if if I'm on a gig because there's not a lot of writers out there getting paid. So, um, you know, the Hollywood route is great, but, you know, percentage wise, it's like, you know, the, the chances that happen it <clears throat> may not be there. So you know you have all those other platforms, and look at how many amazing talents that came out of uh, YouTube. Just you know, creating their own, mm-hmm. creating their own page, and putting their content out there constantly. So you know th- right. there are means out there. It's just you you got to keep at it. You have to keep at it. Right.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Now let's talk about your mm-hmm. your big baby feed worldwide. And, yeah. and, you know, people don't get it twisted. This is not about making sack lunches. You know, this is bigger <laughs> than that. This is bigger than a bologna sandwich and a cookie in a juice box. <laughs> Feed Worldwide is, is bigger, okay? So this is not us yeah. going out there, you know, dropping off lunch sacks and whatever. No, this is bigger than that. So, Dietrich, <laughs> let the folks know, what is, what is Feed Worldwide?
0: So first FEED is an acronym that stands for facilitate, educate, empower and develop. And although we're not feeding people with sack lunches, we are feeding their minds. So we're providing that nourishment with our workshops and the information that we're giving them so that they can cultivate um their talents. You still there? I'm I'm here. Oh, okay. So um so I created feed um really out of a bit of frustration um we had a our first feature film that that um uh, was distributed in theaters it it's out on Net, uh Amazon right now the name of the movie is Wanda K I N Y A W I mean R W A N D A um, and it did very well. It won over 60 festivals, won Sundance, and, again, in theaters and all of that, but we didn't make any money. So I kept asking myself, man, like, what did you have to do to make money in this industry? And just going through the process mm-hmm. of distribution and marketing and all of that and realizing that film festivals don't teach that. I mean, uh, film, uh, film um Film schools don't teach that, sorry. So um, I created feed to give information that's not readily available um, based on okay. experiences that uh, subject matter experts have uh, came across. So it's not only film, but it's it's contracts, it's, it's um, distribution, it's marketing, it's, it's personal development, which is huge for us. And so what we do is um, we go into disadvantaged and marginalized regions around the world to teach these things to creative artists so that we can position them to, um, to be financially viable in markets. And then what we do is we create these communities where we can connect these creative artists to other artists around the world. So now they have access into regions which also opens up their ability to enter those markets. So that's what we've been doing for three and a half years now. Uh, we're in Rwanda. We're in um, Kenya. We're in Barbados. We're in um, Argentina and Bolivia and uh, several states throughout the United States and we growing. So that's, that's what we do. And I know on the, the website for
1: feed, and the website is basically feedworldwide.org, correct? Or the dot dot .com? .com. Mm-hmm. So feedworldwide.com. Just type in feedworldwide.com. Not not the www, just feedworldwide.com, and you'll see it. And on the website, there are videos of just some of the workshops that they've done in other countries. And the one that you did in Africa, was it Rwanda? I believe. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes, the Rwanda. video you with, did with the women in Rwanda was so empowering because to know that you traveled, you know, to Africa and had a room of African women all sitting there just learning about the creative process, you know, was just powerful. And, Aditya, you also shared with me that when you got to Rwanda the, that the people were upset because it wasn't mass pu- uh, publicity about it so they could all come to these workshops. Can you talk about that and just say how you were welcomed over there?
0: Yeah, so um, the, the film that we did was shot in Rwanda, so I, I built relationships over there based on the film. And so they started, um, one of President Gagami's um, 2020 initiatives is that he wanted to put women to work. And he was looking for the creative and cultural industries to do that. So I got a phone call from um, a young lady over there that I had worked with and um, wanted me to come over there and talk about film. Well, in this process, I was already creating these workshops. So um, I sent them the information on the web, uh, the workshop. They loved it. Um, We were able to garner uh, five partnerships with government agencies and organizations over there. So I ended up taking a small crew with me um, of of, um, business leaders and film people, and um, we went over there. We did a workshop for 15 women. Um, but they had us on the radio. We had all of this publicity, and when we were on the radio, people were calling in, especially men. They were like, well, how can we get into these workshops and, you know, why isn't it open up? Because they were, the ladies were sharing their experience, and the biggest Mm -hmm. um, transformation that they had was really on the personal development section of the workshop. It wasn't even the creative side, and so um, from that, you know, we just received a lot of feedback, positive feedback, and um we just kept getting invited back to do bigger uh workshops after that so it it really um opened up a lot of opportunities for us
1: I love it I love it that's what I'm talking about a global reach that's what it's, about. Yes. That's what it's all about a true global 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 reach you know so mm-hmm. so what's what's the next for, for dietro with
0: all that you've got going on what's well um I'm working on a feature um animation project independent um and um I'm writing a book based on my workshops that I do with feed The first book is um the personal development um book and the the um the title the title right now is The Shade of It All Removing the Filter of Self Identity in the Age of Social Media.
1: So Ooh, okay. I have
0: that okay. and then um working on a PhD program. huh <laughs> There you and, go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, what else I got going on? Uh a whole lot. But that's that's it. Still writing, um, you know, and creating. And traveling. And are me. you
1: looking for people are you looking for people to, to help out with feed, or how can people join up with what you're doing? Or if they want to have feeds come to their, their city or whatever to do a workshop, how they going about, go about doing that, to join in the movement? Yeah.
0: um, Go to the website. The easiest way is to go to the website, fill out the form, join us. Um, uh, you can contribute $5 for the membership fee or not. You don't have to if you don't want to be a member. The membership gives you access to the community. Um, the global community um, But the best way is To fill out that form If you want us to come to your city or your town Or your country or wherever um, Just let us know where you are And how to contact you And uh, we'll have uh, you know um, Someone get in contact with you To get that process going That's it And you can always reach me on social media My handle for everything is Deitra L. Harris So Twitter and Instagram is at Deatra L. Harris, Facebook is Deatra L. Harris, YouTube is Deatra L. Harris. That's it.
1: I love it. I love it. Deatra.
0: See, the Dante show,
1: that was easy. You did it.
2: (laughs) Top (laughs) job.
1: I can talk to you today.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: you did it. You did it. I think you I think you gave some good information. I mean, you you inspired me first of all because you know, uh-huh. we're both in the same PhD program. You're know, both in the same PhD mm-hmm. program and it's all about global leadership, global change, and to know that you are not only talking about it, you're actually helping others get to that level. And what I've seen so often is in our, our community, the black community, is that people kind of hoard the information, um, mm-hmm. and it's not really fair. It's like if we're really going to build a community and, and change things, we got to get out there and share and equip others yeah. with the same skill sets that we have and not have that, oh, they're going to take with mine mindset. Because if it's for right. you, it's for exactly. you. You're going to get it regardless. You know, and we should not be in competition with each other on the level of just stepping on each other's backs to get to the next level. That that needs to just die out. So you're really just empowering people to be their best and showing them how not to get taken advantage of by the Hollywood machine, how to use what they mm-hmm. got. You know, to get to that next level because everybody don't have these. You know, me and all the camera equipment and all that. We don't have that. Just put something mm-hmm. out. Cause you, right. you never know who's going to, you never know who's going to see it, you know. So just, just do it. So I commend you for that. Thank you for being a guest on my show. I hope you enjoyed it.
0: Anytime, Dante. Oops. I want to come back. Oh, I thought she so. was silent.
1: I was like, oh, she got quiet. She got quiet, y'all. No. <laughs> <laughs> got quiet. I really she shook her brother. <laughs> <you>. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Most definitely. And, and I would love to just do a show where I have, you know, a lot of creatives. You know, because I know a lot of people. I know a lot of authors. I know a lot of screenwriters. You know, mm-hmm. I just know a lot of people out there who have the same vision and passion as you. I would love to put on a show where I can have a few of you on at the same time to so just impart knowledge to those out there who may get a little discouraged, a little agitated, mm-hmm. a little annoyed, you know, just to let them know, hey, I've been there, you're gonna be okay. Keep pushing forward, you know, so that's just where I'm at with all this, I'm even connecting you with the people that I know on social media, even on this thread I'm tagging tagging people on this that I want you to meet so absolutely, absolutely. yeah definitely let's get a you, you got you, you got my vote. hey
0: let's let's, let's get make a it happen going out there for sure absolutely yeah, let's,
1: let's, let's make it let's definitely make it happen because there is too much knowledge in our community. To, um, not be sharing this stuff, you know. So, yeah. So, we did it. We did it. Yes. So, Deidre, thank you. <laughs> thank you so thank much, you. Dante. Thank you. I appreciate thank you. You you. Are, you are more than welcome. So, all right, everybody. So, that was it. Tonight, we're back. 2019, the Dante Show is going ham. I even got a, a, a special co-host is going to start joining me um, probably next week or the week after. You know, we're in talks right now. i got to get his contract negotiations uh, properly uh, vetted for his legal team. But he's going to come on board, and we're going to be doing the shows together. He's somebody that is going to really um, go tit for tat with me. He has no hoes barred and all that kind of stuff. So he's going to be, um, you know, my sidekick you know, for lack of a better word terminology, but he's going to be joining me up, and we're going to really make this pop, take us to the next level in 2019. If you want to know more about me, the man, the myth, the legend, Dante Morrison, visit my website, com. That's D-O-N-T-A-M-O-R-R-I-S-O-N.com, com. .com. You can go in, see what I do in the community, learn about your sexual health, buy buy my books, buy my books, buy my books, read my books, and then buy my books again for someone else to read them, all right? So, yeah, check me out. Be a supporter. Be a fan. Be on my team. You know, we all can make changes if we get together and unify as one. And my closing comment is get tested. Know your status. Use condoms and have sex in that order, all right? So we're going to close out tonight with a happy birthday tribute to Dr. Martin Luther King. We all know the song because we all sing it on our birthday, but it's not only our birthday song. So here we go. Happy birthday, Dr. King.
2: I have a day